a big believer in discipline, which is why these three things are what I start my clients off every day. Mm-hmm. I want to create a routine. And it's for me, morning is best before the world gets at you. Yeah. But anytime that works for you to start, just start. That's really what matters. Mm-hmm. But time and prayer meditation, personal development to keep refreshing your mind mm-hmm. and moving your body at least 30 minutes a day because, hey, the endorphins are free. Make use of them. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Make Bank. This is the episode for a confidence reboot. If you've been feeling blah, stuck, or just like you're kind of going through the motions, I had the opportunity to interview Audrey Diaz, who is a life and confidence coach. And in this episode, she shares the most amazing, activating insights around making bold decisions in life getting back into the driver's seat, and cultivating confidence in very tangible, simple ways. She is the queen of making these like big things, these really big shifts, simple and actionable. And she has the most incredible stories and anecdotes that I know will light that fire for you. Audrey has over 10 years of coaching experience, helping Latina women build confidence in themselves by creating solid habits through her framework of developing daily disciplines for women to build out grounding techniques that nurture their mind, body, and soul. Audrey takes a holistic approach to ensure that her clients and her audience are thriving as a whole, not just in their work. And born of Dominican parents, Audrey really understands the firsthand experience of daughters of immigrants and how daughters of immigrants might be prone to struggle with indecision or setting boundaries or finding their own voice. So she has a really incredible perspective there. She's also the co-founder of The Dream Lab, a personal development incubator for daughters of immigrants and co-host of The Dream Lab series podcast. This is such a juicy episode. You know I love an actionable takeaway, so we have so many of them. In this interview, Audrey was an incredible guest, and let's just dive in. Hello, Audrey. Welcome to the show. I'm so stoked that you're here. Marie, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation. Yeah, me as well. And I know that this topic, like all the topics that we have in mind, and just your background as a life and confidence coach is going to bring so much to our listeners today because that is constantly like a topic of conversation either with my clients, in my DMs, in my comment section. And I think that's something that just is so, so top of mind for any really like driven, ambitious, goal-oriented woman. Anyone who is constantly like stretching themselves and dreaming bigger and setting goals because all of that feels so vulnerable and scary and all of the fear and the self-doubt and the self-sabotage and all of that stuff comes up like every step of the way. So having the tools for confidence, for belief in yourself, the like commitment to keep going. We can never stop having these conversations for as long as we keep setting bigger goals. So I'm so stoked to jump in. 
Yeah. And it's funny because we always think when I reach this level, when I'm able to do this, mm. then I'm going to feel confident. Then I'm going to be right. sure of myself. But that just unlocks a whole other <laughs> level. It's like a video game. It really is like a video yes. game. Super, playing Super Mario Brothers, you reach that new world and then new fears unlock. Mm-hmm. Or, really, or really like the same ones, but just deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to get more to your core and what those core fears that you've always carried. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the the new level, new devil thing, but also mm-hmm. like kind of facing the same devils. They just like look a little different <laughs> every they time really too. Do. They really do. That's why this journey is never done. The, the growth journey. I think that the more successful we become, the deeper we have to look into ourselves and the mm. way we grew up and we, maybe even like actually not maybe even childhood trauma mm-hmm. that we went through. Yeah. And that could be big T, little T. We've all been through it. But those things persist in the way we feel that we're perceived in the world and how we relate to other people. Whenever I bring someone onto the show who is like a confidence expert or any sort of like personal development or spiritual expert, there's always some personal story that led them to that work. And personally, I found that the things I'm most passionate about teaching are the like struggles that I had to work the hardest (laughs) to overcome. And so I'm really curious what your story is coming into the life coaching space, the confidence space. I know your parents are also immigrants and that is a huge part of your story. So I'd love to just hear kind of your, your origin story of how you've become an expert in these things, I imagine it was necessary for you to do this work at some point. Absolutely. And it's so funny because I really see my life as having two phases of growth, two phases that have really pushed me in my career. The first phase was when I started as a coach. I actually started with Beachbody. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are familiar with Beachbody, the network marketing company, and we we would help people get fit from home. And I started at a time in which my husband and I were living paycheck to paycheck and I needed to lose a proverbial baby weight. I had two boys under two and I'm like, I don't have time to go to the gym. Like I need to work on myself. I need to lose this weight. I don't know how I'm going to do it. So joined a challenge group and then I ended up becoming a coach because I always saw it. I I don't know if you're familiar with the story of there's a flood and there's a man on top of his roof and he's praying to God to please send him help. Mm. And all these people are coming by on boats, like, let's help you. And and he's like, no, I'm waiting for God to come and help. (laughs) And that was like my moment that I thought like, okay, so this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Just jump in scared and get it done. Mm -hmm. So I started coaching with Beachbody and in a short time became one of the top coaches in the network because it really worked for me. I felt confident again as a mom. I feel like sometimes we not sometimes, we lose ourselves in motherhood in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I was able to put myself first and have so much more energy that I was able to pour that into my kids and to other women to be able to help women discover that confident. So I became one of the top coaches in the network and I was crushing it. It was that phase where it's like girl boss, alpha yeah. female. And I'm like, yeah, I got this. But I found myself being stuck in this cycle of overachieving. Mm. And although I really love to help women, I lost myself in trying to keep up with the numbers Mm -hmm. and making sure like, okay, this year I finished off, the top coaches in the company were called elite coaches. I'm like, okay, this year I'm elite. I got to make sure that I do better next year. 
mm-hmm. and keep that going. And I realized I was tying my self-worth to that. Mm-hmm. And I was seeking this outer validation. And I remember days thinking to myself, well, if I don't achieve that this year, then what do I even matter? Mm. What are people yeah. going to think of me? And I always say, being in any network marketing company, if you're serious about it, not just one of these girls that kind of gets, goes in and then DMs all their high school friends, but <laughs> really let it transform you. Yeah. And one of the tenets of it is personal development. Mm-hmm. So I I worked with Tony Robbins' team for a while, John C. Maxwell. I was at all of these personal development events. So mm-hmm. I really saw the way that it grew my mindset. Yeah. But then during the end of the journey where I was realizing that I was achieving for validation, I became pregnant with my third son Mm. at a time in which my marriage was falling apart. And I didn't know how I was going to keep showing up for my clients and in social media and what I really wanted out of my life. Did I want to stay married? Mm -hmm. Did I want to stay married because I was pregnant with a third baby? Right. And as someone who was always so ambitious and so driven, I found myself on Netflix watching Korean soap operas every day. Mm-hmm. Like I just literally did not want to do anything else. Yeah. And it was so hard for me at that time to not show up and like that inner dialogue because we fight so much with ourselves. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be doing better. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And it took so much in me, so much inner work to be able to say, like, I'm going to leave it all. Yeah. As in that that need, that need to perform, to be tied to what I was achieving. I'm going to drop it and I'm just going to enjoy this time Mm -hmm. to just be pregnant and watch Korean soap operas if I want to. Yeah. And then it was during this time and it was coming in my work with, with women that I would give them the fitness and the meal plan and they wouldn't follow through. And I, and I realized I was doing so much mindset work with them. Yeah. So it was during this time that I'm like, I'm going to transition into becoming a life coach because that's ultimately what I was doing. Right. Because I wasn't working with them on their mindset and helping them believe in themselves. They weren't going to get a transformation, a physical mm-hmm. transformation. Right. So I had my son and then I went into life coaching. When I started life coaching and I'm still married, I started thinking about what is it that I really want for myself Mm -hmm. and looking into childhood trauma where little T, because like you mentioned, children of immigrants, what happens to us and for any of your daughters of immigrant listeners, our parents were so wrapped up in the need for survival Mm -hmm. and protection us and taking care of us that a lot of times they didn't have the emotional maturity Mm. to meet our needs. It's like, okay, you got a roof over your head. I'm feeding you. What else do you want? And don't go out with strangers and you can't sleep over at any friends' houses and that's it. And you do as you're told. Mm -hmm. What happens to a lot of us is that we grow up being very indecisive because our parents made the decisions for us. We were told what was expected of us. We're people pleasers. Mm -hmm. Our parents are here doing this huge sacrifice for us, working so hard. So growing up, we want to please them. We want to make sure that we're getting the good grades, especially as daughters. 
Mm -hmm. We want to be that good girl for our parents. And during all this time of inner transformation for me, I realized how much of that was affecting me and how even performing was tied to getting that validation. And I had Mm -hmm. to draw a hard line in the sand and ask myself, okay, all of this, who is it for? Is it really for me or is it for somebody else? So I said a lot there. No, that is all like just such a good opening to to like everything that we decided we wanted to talk about today. And I love how you just linked it all together. <laughs> like it it all makes so much sense when people actually know your story and it makes so much sense why you're so good at what you do when we have the context of like what you've had to work through and the things that you've had to grow through in your life. So it all makes sense. It's it's a beautiful story. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like a lot of women that I work with, they don't have a lot of clarity on their path in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I always feel like if you continue to show up daily, so some of the things that I do with my clients is being able to help them ground themselves. And there's three things that I believe in that we have to do every day, which is start with prayer meditation personal development, and moving your body every day. Because we're made up of mind, body, and soul. And unless we learn how to regulate our nervous system and find time to be intentional, to nourish every area of this life that we have, then we're not going to really know what we want. It's Mm -hmm. so easy to show up to life again on that hamster wheel and following the conditioning that we were brought up with and kind of just serving everybody around us. But when we are able to wake up early, like I'm up at 4.45 in the morning Mm -hmm. to be able to pour into myself. And this time lets me really listen to my own thoughts and what I want away from the shoulds. Anytime that I catch myself saying should, I know something's wrong. I know that. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I mean, it all ties back like your, your experience as a daughter of immigrants and feeling like, oh, I have this path laid out, like laid out for me that I'm supposed to walk. And we're all anyone living in our society, we're like conditioned to to believe success looks one way. You go to school, you get a job, you hopefully pay off your student loans, you get married, you buy the house, blah, 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 you have the kids, you maybe retire eventually. And like, the, the default programming or like the default life path is something that like you just kind of naturally revert to because it's so conditioned to be like what you should do. And if you don't take that intentional time to like tune in to what you actually want, it's so easy to just like grind and do the stuff and then pick your head up and be like, why, why am I doing this? And that like, I, I had that experience at a very young age when I like got really into bikini competitions and I mm-hmm. did bikini competitions on like a national level. And I like, you know, grew in the ranks of the sport. I, I never went pro or anything, but like I was killing it from the outside. Like I was, I was doing great on the outside and I got to this like prestigious stage and I placed, which is a big deal. And I like looked at my like standings and my feedback from the judges. And I was just like, how did I get here? Like, what, why did I just do this? Why did I just suffer and be miserable 
and like totally changed the trajectory of my life over the last two years. And like, I'm, I'm not even excited about like what just happened, but it just felt like what I should do. Like people on social media loved it. I was getting so much attention for my abs. I loved the validation of winning these shows and getting sponsors and being able to like show off my progress and whatever. Like I was getting so much validation. And then once it was over and I had to face like, okay, it's time to like end the season and go do improvement season, whatever else I was like, I don't actually even want to be here, (laughs) but I, but I had just dedicated so much time to it without even questioning that whether or not it was what I truly wanted. And I think I even had that inkling of like, "Mm, this isn't sitting the way it used to sit. Like this is not resonating the way it used to, but I'm in, I'm so far in already that I'm not, I like, I've, I've gone too far to give up now was like, I remember having that thought multiple times. And I think so many people feel that way in their like day-to-day life or like in their career or in relationships. Like people don't want to leave an unhappy relationship because they're like, oh, I've already spent three years with this person or 10 years with this person or 30 years or whatever. It's like, I'm already in too deep to like change my life. And I think we get there by like not tuning in. So not to like derail your entire train of thought, but I I see that so much and I saw it in myself and I'm sure that I'll have to catch myself in the future again. And it's so important because it's not even like unhappy moments. It's sometimes, yeah. I think, and I have a video about this, that the danger is also good enough. Mm-hmm. Like a good enough job, a good mm-hmm. enough relationship. Like right now we're in a recession. Are you in a good enough job? And the fear in that is that you feel guilty for even mm-hmm. admitting that you want more. And right. then you have fear. Like, oh, well, at least I have a job and it's fine. Yeah. And then yeah. your family's probably like, what are you crazy? Like, you have a great mm-hmm. job. Keep yeah. That. Yeah. And then you feel fear, like, well, what if I don't get anything better? Mm-hmm. Especially in relationships. Especially mm-hmm. in relationships. Yeah. It's the, I think it's a famous runner, like has a quote of, you have to give up good to go for great. Absolutely. And if you just keep, keep holding on to like, well, this is good enough, then you'll never surpass that. But I wanted to talk about one of your pieces of content recently about the weight of indecision, because that was something that you just brought up as well is like, especially daughters of immigrants having not a lot of decisions over their life early on and that can manifest as being indecisive and I think any maybe anyone with like controlling parents or really like having that people pleaser mentality might relate to that and so what do you mean by the weight of indecision and like the way that that keeps us stuck maybe not even indecision I would say that a lot of times we know what we want Mm. we're just so scared to say it out loud yeah Sometimes we don't even know how to create the space within us to admit that we want it. When I am talking about, for example, my relationship and not knowing what I was going to do, I would, I'd rather say during that time, I knew I just didn't know how to go about it. Yeah. How to have the conversations, what people were going to think. And the fear was so overwhelming that I wouldn't allow myself to think about it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how indecision keeps us stuck because we spend so much time just thinking and pondering and thinking and pondering. All of our energy is there. Mm-hmm. 
we can never move forward in anything because any direction that we go through is going to have its pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to get to a place where we make those decisions quicker because if we can learn to trust ourselves and being able to change our mind again, okay, I made this decision. These are my pros. These are my cons. Am I happy here? Can I work with this? No, I can change my mind again. Mm, Yeah. And then that way we're flowing through life. We're growing. We're learning. We're not just in the same place. Do you know how many women are in the same place every single year still thinking about the same things? Mm -hmm. They don't have the courage to be able to move forward. Mm -hmm. Something that you posted was like just such a moment of like, holy shit, that that's like so simple and profound as you said faith and fear both require you to believe something you can't see and I was like oh my god that is mind-blowing I'll say it again for anyone who like needs to marinate she said faith and fear both require you to believe something you can't see can you say more about that well it's all it all comes down to what we're focused on right Mm-hmm. Our thoughts, the power that we give to our thoughts, you know, it's the energy that we give to those thoughts. So you could either wake up and choose to focus on faith, choose to see the good that could be coming to your life, choose to have courage, choose joy, choose to be around people that are going to give you energy, mm-hmm. or you can just marinate in everything that you're scared of and what people are going to think about you and everything that could go wrong. hmm Either one of those, you don't have a solid, a solid grasp on any of them. But right. One of them is going to feel really expansive to you. And one of them is going to constrict you. And one rule that I have for my life is that I'm always going to choose the joy. I'm mm-hmm. always going to choose what's going to feel expansive for me and feel as exciting, even if it scares me. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to be stuck. I The way I see it, I have this one life and no matter what people are going to think about me, no matter if it scares me, I want to be able to choose that faith. Yeah. And give me more information to go forward. Yeah. Yeah. Because just sitting in the same thoughts, sitting in the same possibilities, sitting in the same fear, like you're not going to get new information. You're not going to get, you're like, it's, a lightning bolt isn't going to like strike you out of the sky and be like, this is a choice, right? Like you're just sitting in this stagnant, blocked energy and you only get clarity by moving. And I love what you said. Yeah. And I love what you said earlier about like, you can always change your mind. Like you can always do something different. You can pivot, you can shift. There's so many examples of people who have done like 10 different career paths in their life or people who have like discovered themselves at like 60 or 70 years old. Like there, I think there's people have this idea that once you pick a path, like that is the path, like you are not on train tracks. <laughs> you, you have options, but how are you even going to know if it's like not your vibe or like not aligned for you if you don't try it on? I myself, I've, I started out in the music industry. Yeah. And here I am life coaching, but I love to tell people that it's, you have to be able to give yourself permission mm-hmm. and to also tell yourself it's okay. Yeah. You're going to be scared. That's okay. Yeah. People are going to talk about you. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen by the end of the day. That's okay. Mm-hmm. These grounding techniques, being able to be intentional, 
helps your mind focus on the fact like, okay, this is what I want. I'm going to use that to calm me. Mm -hmm. And just to be able to breathe through that, give yourself permission to move forward because you will be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, it sounds like a lot of the common threads here are like having your own back and just having that faith and belief in yourself that like, even if this isn't the perfect choice, like I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to be okay. Like we'll, we'll make it work. And I'd imagine like a lot of your clients come to you struggling with that, like self-belief and that confidence of like, oh, I do have my own back. So I was wondering, do you have any advice, exercises, or just wisdom patterns that you see for women who aren't there yet? And we need to kind of build that self-belief or like build that confidence of, oh, I do, I do got it. I do have my own back. Cause I think maybe sometimes people need evidence of that before they really can like back themselves. I'm a big believer in discipline, which is why these three things are what I start my clients off every day. Mm -hmm. I want to create a routine and it's for me, morning is best before the world gets at you. Yeah. But anytime that works for you to start, just start. That's really what matters. Mm -hmm. But time and prayer meditation, personal development to keep refreshing your mind Mm -hmm. and moving your body at least 30 minutes a day because, hey, the endorphins are free. Make use of them. Mm -hmm. So once you do that, what happens with a lot of women is that they don't have clarity with what they really want, just like we spoke about. They Mm -hmm. haven't created that inner space to be able to admit what they want. They're so clouded by the world that they've created. You know, their wife, their mom, they have a certain career and then they show up in response to what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. So to start off, I always have my clients start with a wheel where they look at how they rate their satisfaction in different areas mm. of their life. That's probably okay. tough for them to actually like be really honest. Like, is this actually satisfying me? And not only that, because let's say it's career. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I'm really successful here. I'm going to rate it highly. But are you fulfilled? Because there's a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we tend to lean on those things that we're good at because we don't know anything else. Right. And it's like, oh, you know, well, my health and fitness is struggling. But I, I don't have time for that because I'm just killing it in my career. Mm-hmm. And since it's a wheel, it's literally like a diagram, a round circle. If you're doing really poorly in one area, but killing it in another, like it's lopsided. Yeah. Your wheel is not round. <laughs> you are not flowing through life. Yeah. Mm. So it, it takes a really good evaluation there to be like, okay, well, these are the areas where I don't feel fulfilled and I'm dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. And we start to work on that. And then I also have them, and I know Dr. Nicola Perra talks about this a lot, future self-journaling. Mm-hmm. Love that which is where you're writing from the perspective that you've already achieved what you want. And this Mm -hmm. is actually the hardest part for my clients. I have them write out a day in their life to start. And I tell them like, you're not going to write a paragraph for me. I want like at least two pages of, I wake up at six o'clock in the morning and the sunlight is shining through on my Egyptian cotton sheets. Yeah. Like let's get specific. (laughs) Really specific about what you want and what it looks like. Mm -hmm. If money weren't an issue, how would you live your life? Mm -hmm. Who are you with? What do you spend your time doing? Do -hmm. you still work? Are you cooking at home? Are you going, do you want to go out to eat every day? Yeah. 
what does your house look like? What kind of relationship do you have with the people in your life? And this is what trips people up because they've never had the opportunity to think about that. Okay, hold on. I needed to interrupt this episode quickly because I've realized that it doesn't matter how hard you work or even how quote unquote productive you are, how many hours you put in, if you are going hard in the wrong direction, which is why it is so important to be clear and confident about your goals. And that's the exact reason why I've incorporated goal setting into all of my coaching programs. Because if my clients are not clear on their goals, if they don't know where we're going and why we're going there, it doesn't matter what strategies we pull out. It doesn't matter how much planning we do. We have to get clear on what the destination is first. And so I swear by this goal setting visualization, and it is something that previously was only available to my clients. It's a visualization that I lead and I walk you through. And now I've made it available for free for everyone. I swear by it. Even if you're not a visualization girly, I have just converted so many people into loving a good visualization with this exact exercise. So I'm going to leave a link to it in the episode description, or you can head immediately to mariewold.goals. That's M-A-R-I-E-W-O-L-D.com slash goals. Again, it is totally free. It will take you 25 minutes and I've hooked you up with a bonus workbook just to help you reflect and process and really start implementing on all the breakthroughs that you have. So enjoy. Let me know how it goes because I know it's going to be a game changer for you. And let's get back to the episode. I have a similar exercise I give my clients and it's like a future self visualization. And I actually I have a freebie of it too. So I'll put it in the show notes. But I often like when my clients report back from this exercise, and I'm actually working through it with them. I feel like no, no, there are no rules. Like you can literally imagine whatever you want. And it's like, they almost have, almost everyone has to do it like twice to actually let themselves go there and, and say what they truly want instead of just like what feels realistic or what feels fair or what feels like what they should say. And like so many people they they maybe don't even realize that like they're not letting themselves actually go there and it's it's it really reflects the fact that so many of us are waiting for permission mm. to go after what we want mm-hmm. it's like for you to be able to tell them like no there are no rules yeah and we do that in real life every single day like can i do this what do you think if i did this like no mm-hmm. whatever you want mhm I tell my friends, I have two friends that I hang out with a lot and we were on a trip recently and I said to them, okay, what are we creating today? I want to be on a yacht. (laughs) Let's (laughs) go. And we did. And we did. And it's, so everything is perspective and what you're focusing on. And when you wake up and you're like, this is my life and I get to create what I want. I know it sounds really lofty, but then what you do from there is like, okay, so what do you need? Yeah. in order to make these things happen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it becomes very real. Right. And I think people are often just so surprised by like 
what is actually possible when they set the big vision. They're they're so worried about like, okay, but what about the next step and the next like what are the next three thousand steps I need to take? And we're like, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we don't need to know that right now. We don't have to worry so much about the how, but like you have to decide and be so convicted in like where you're going before the how can even matter. Right. And like, to let like the excitement of that life Mm-hmm. Be the energy that you live with because then that's what you attract. Mm-hmm. I love that. And w- yeah, what is what is your take on showing up as like the next level version of yourself, like embodying the energy of the next level version of yourself, embodying the energy of like, I already have all of this when you logically know like, oh, I'm sitting in my house that isn't my dream house. I'm driving my like beat up car that isn't my dream car. I'm struggling to pay the bills, but like I know I'm meant to be rich. Like wh- how do, how do you help people tap into that energy of like certainty and knowing that they're meant for more, but also like visually they're seeing that that's not where they are yet. So how do we live with like that duality of identity, I guess? Identity is so big. Again, it's these three things for me that I'm able to tap into every morning. Mm-hmm. If we really think about it, sometimes it's not so much these things. It's the feelings that we get from having these things. Mm-hmm. And if we can start there. So let's say I, because when I started with Beachbody, I was struggling. Mm-hmm. But what carried me during that time was the vision of what I was going to have. Be able to see it so clearly. Like I'm looking at you and you have your vision board right there. I have mine. And I literally felt like I could just reach through and then just make it a reality to be able to touch it and see it. And that it's, it's, it's energy Mm -hmm. because we have to be able to conceive it in our minds to make it real. Mm -hmm. So being able to show up like that, seeing it so clearly, thinking about it, I I don't know if you follow the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, Mm -hmm. but it's so powerful. He talks about how if you wake up in the morning and your mind is programmed to the past, that's what you're going to get more of. So if you think about it, if you're thinking about a problem that you had yesterday, it already happened. It's in the past, but you're evoking all of the same emotions that are keeping you weighed down. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's scientific proof that if you do the same thing in reverse and you're looking at this grand vision that you have for your life and you evoke all of the emotions that that gives you, your brain does not know the difference. Mm -hmm. They trained people to play a song on the piano with their minds. They showed them the notes and they had them mentally rehearse Mm -hmm. the song in their minds. And they did just as well as the people that actually rehearsed it at a piano. Wow. So it all depends with the, about, on the intentions that we wake up with. So if we're waking up and we're thinking about everything that, that's, not go, that's not going right in our lives, we're going to get so much more of that. Yeah. If we wake up and like, I'm going to give myself permission to be happy today with what I have and really think about that vision and where I'm going and be able to evoke those emotions and live them, mm-hmm. find small ways to create joy. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to what you're saying earlier about like, I'm going to be confident when this, I'm going to be happy when I achieve X, Y, Z, or when I look a certain way. But like, I think the trick is to feel that now 
like feel all the feelings now because they're available to you. It's all literally available to you in whatever current state you're in right this second. So you might as well feel them now. You might as well have the time of your life (laughs) along the way. Like if you're going to build the business anyway, if you're going to like reach the goal body anyway, if you're going to make the money anyway, like why be miserable along the way? And you're making it so much harder on yourself, not like, which is a huge, huge part too. But like all of the feelings that you desire about the reality that you're envisioning, like those feelings are just available to you any moment. It's even like love. Yeah. A lot of women struggle in relationships if they're single. And I tell my clients, how can you create love for yourself today? Mm -hmm. I'll put on like some of my favorite romantic ballads and play them and just imagine myself being completely loved. Mm -hmm. Even if there's no partner. Mm -hmm. So you can really create moments of joy for yourself like that. Even something that I took up is salsa dancing. Mm-hmm. just to break up the routine mm-hmm. so that not everything is the same between ah the kids and work and this and that. But like, how can I make my life more exciting today? What can yeah. I choose to bring more joy into my life today? Yeah. Yeah. And just choosing like a pattern interrupt, choosing something that is going to get you into that energetic state and salsa dancing is such a good example too because we know that movement changes our energetic state right and and music can change our energetic state and you're doing both so you're like killing it but that's even like the the fact of when you go for a walk or if you listen to music or like sometimes when my energy is feeling really stagnant during my work day I'll just like blast a song we all have a handful of songs where it's like you just can't help but dance or like sing along to it right like all of that is such evidence that like we can change our state we can change our headspace like immediately if we just choose to get out of our own way which is easier said than done we are the only creatures that can change our emotional state by changing our physiology Mm, yeah that's why we always feel better after a workout that's why Mm -hmm. that walk does wonders like we really underestimate the things that could make us happy yeah things that bring joy Instead of like focus, like I'm going to binge Netflix and think about, you know, the balance in my bank account. Mm-hmm. I love how I've asked you like a few different questions and you keep coming back to like your morning routine of like the three things because it, it doesn't have to be complicated. Like I think sometimes people are always looking for like the sexy, shiny, like hack, the secret answer that they're missing. And it's like, I you're not missing anything. Like, yeah, there, there are levels of like biohacking and like, you know, the, like you can totally nerd out and go infinite levels deep into like Dr. Joe Dispenza and stuff like that. But like really the foundational things that get you like 80% of the way are so simple and free. Right. Yeah. That's huge. So something you mentioned about the things that you have to ground yourself for and the things that you want to be better for is you talked about being a mom Mm -hmm. and Something that I'm not a mom, but I have friends who are moms and clients who are moms and obviously see so many moms on social media and stuff. And something that I hear a lot is that when you have kids, your life becomes about them. You live to be a mom and like you live for your kids. But I know that you have like you're really passionate about actually, no, having your own identity, having your own passions, like still pursuing growth just for you actually makes you a better mom and actually sets 
such a good example for your kids. And so I'm curious, did you initially approach motherhood that way? Have you grown into that perspective? Tell me more. Oh, absolutely not. And it's funny because I remember after I had my first son and, you know, the clothes didn't fit the same way anymore. Mm -hmm. I was looking through my clothes and I'm like, I need to clean this out. And I found this really cute corset that I used to love. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have to throw that out now because I'm a mom now. I can't wear Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Like only 28 years old. Like I wish I could go back and find that corset now. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's, if you think about it, it's somebody else that told you that once you become a mom, that child becomes your world. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that that person, if you're doing a good job raising them, is going to be an independent person with their own world. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want to go venture out into the world once they're 18 or they leave for college or they grow up and do whatever that they, they want to do. Mm-hmm. And you're still going to have your life. So you're really going to have all of these years of your life in which you lost touch with yourself. Mm-hmm. I know so many women like that. So it wasn't until I got started on my fitness journey and taking it seriously, right? Because it's all about identity. You can decide that you're going to lose the weight just because it's the thing to do and go through Mm -hmm. the motions, even in unhealthy ways, lose the weight, but then what? But when you allow something to transform you, like even in your process, I'm sure that you're proud of everything that you were able to do to get to where you were Mm -hmm. to be able to do the bikini competitions. It changes who you are. Right. That's something that nobody can take away from you. So during that process of me losing weight the right way and learning how to eat and making sure that I was scheduling time for myself Mm -hmm. and telling my family, like, this time is for me. Don't bother me. (laughs) I deserve this. Yeah. And then seeing how you see, like confidence is built in small little steps. Mm hmm. A lot of times we think that confidence is just something that you're born with. And if you're really put together, you have it. And that's it. And I'll never have it because I'm not like you. Yeah. But it's, can you show up every day and follow through on your promises to yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's the, like, I have my own back mentality, yeah. like just literally keeping promises that you make to yourself, like one at a time. <laughs> and you build like a file in your mind of all the times that you've been able to accomplish something for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's why trusting yourself and having confidence really comes down to like, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to try it because I have all this evidence that when I put my mind to something and I just show up, yeah. I'm able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's valuable. And you're setting such a good real, or a good example for your kids, right? Like them growing up, seeing their mom be strong and confident and self-assured and going after what she wants in life instead of just like following the path and like living on the hamster wheel is a completely different experience than the, the opposite, like, like the default mode of parenthood that I think is pushed. Can I tell you one of my favorite stories? Of course. So when my oldest was about five years old, he was in speech and occupational therapy. Mm-hmm. When he was tested, he was like at the bottom 3% for his gross motor skills. And I would see him struggle every day with like simple things like buttoning his shirt, holding a pencil. And he woke up early one day when I was still working out. And it was this workout in which I literally had to do 86 burpees throughout the cur- course mm. of the workout. <laughs> He woke up during the time that it was like almost ending. And I'm like, done. I'm so done. And he's like, mommy, why don't you just quit? Because that's what I do when things get hard. Mm. And I heard that, Marie. 
And I just, it's like you just gave me a caffeine drip and I went harder and I crushed those burpees. And then I turned around and I looked at him. No, when things get hard, you go harder. You Mm -hmm. don't, you believe Mm -hmm. in yourself. And I was crying, telling him, he's probably five looking at me like, okay, whatever, mom. But (laughs) I knew at that moment he's watching me and what I do, the example I set is what's going to carry him through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like leading by action too, because that is, that speaks more than words ever could. And kids are so smart, even if they aren't verbalizing it yet, or even if they, it doesn't seem like they're paying attention. Like Mm -hmm. every parent I know says like your kids see everything. They notice everything. They model everything. And so it's, if, if you're showing up as someone who keeps promises to themselves, does the right thing, grows, pushes yourself, like they're absorbing all of that. And not only watching the good moments and my good habits, but letting them know when I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I don't know if your parents were like that growing up, but sometimes our parents want to shield us from the hard stuff and not yeah. show having a bad day and then we think like it's not okay to show our emotions so I'm big on that as well being able for my kids to see the full range of human emotions and how it's okay it just how do you handle them yeah and that's so huge especially raising boys like there's so much conversation now about boys learning how to feel their feelings and like actually regulate their emotions and not just turn to like anger or violence or like shut them down shut themselves down and like our our world is going to be so much happier and and healthier and like emotionally stable when that's normal for like boys and girls any kids to like see a model of feeling your feelings and like having your own back and regulating and like going through that stuff instead of just pretending that like life is easy or that like things get handed to you or bad things don't happen. Yeah. And also don't gaslight our kids. Mm. We do that. Like things like, oh, mommy, they stole my toy during lunch. And we're like, oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. But to them, it mattered. There's so much of that that happened with us growing up and to be able to sit with them and their feelings, validate mm. their feelings versus like, oh, that's no big deal and brush it off. Mm-hmm. Giving boys the opportunity to voice that and help mm-hmm. them with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so huge. So, for your experience as the daughter of like first generation immigrants, I imagine that there has been a lot of like unlearning, and there's probably this holding both truths of like you're so grateful that your parents worked so hard to like put you in a place where you can have whatever life that you want and you can create your future and they sacrifice so much for that, but also just recognizing all the ways that you want to be a different parent now that you know differently and like you have different tools and different bandwidth and that like I can only imagine if everyone takes that ownership, like what the future generations can look like. And yeah. And so has that been your experience growing as a parent? Has that just come hand in hand with your own personal development or has that been kind of a separate journey? 
I think it's so different in my parenting because with my clients, so you attract who you are. So I see a lot of my clients are on very similar journeys to mine. And I think that this generation is very different from the way our parents raised us. So we're raising our kids very differently. Mm -hmm. But I love that you said being able to hold both truths Mm -hmm. because and is such an important word to be able to say, I'm learning about myself. And yes, my parents loved me the best they could and gave Mm -hmm. me so much. And they didn't give me what I needed emotionally. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes in the beginning of the journey, we can have resentment towards our parents. Like, I just want to be sensitive to people that have gone through something really difficult. Mm -hmm. But let's say you had, you know, a pretty decent childhood, but your parents weren't there. My parents, in my case, literally would work about 12-hour shifts a day. Mm-hmm. My mom had a day off. My father worked the full week. I remember I was mm-hmm. 12 years old the first time my dad took a day off and stayed home with us. Wow. So I would be like – my kids and I were talking about the Nutcracker today. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, it was a sugar plum fairy in my third grade play. And immediately my mind went to how my parents weren't in the audience because they were working. Mm-hmm. So I think like when you're going on this journey of self-discovery and awareness, like where does my people pleasing come from? Where does my self-sabotage come from? And you realize how it's tied into so many things that you didn't get into as a child to let go of the blame because they did the best they could. Yeah. But it's in my hands to give myself what I need, mm-hmm. reparent myself, and then make conscious choices for how I show up today. Mm-hmm. It's like that saying of like, it's not your fault that you learned the things that you learned or that the things that happened to you happened, but it is your responsibility to like heal and grow and show up differently. Right. So we, my, my business partner and I, we have a company called the dream lab mm-hmm. and we're like this personal development incubator for Latinas. Mm-hmm. And we've put on four yearly sold out conferences here in New York in which we help Latina business women overcome fears and limiting beliefs. And what happens, it's always two parts. So my, my business partner is more of the business coach and I'm the life coach because we see that a lot of women are struggling in business, but it comes down to things in their personal life. Yeah. Oh, it's so connected. It's always connected, but we <laughs> help them see this journey of, okay, so you're a daughter of an immigrant. Maybe mm. you're people using, you don't have boundaries. Mm with other people, with yourself, with your time. So the journey starts there to be able to look at yourself, being able to, hey, identify what you need. I'm sure in your work with clients, you see how many women can't even voice what they need. Mm -hmm. They're so conditioned to being there for other people and anticipating their needs and then putting themselves last. Right. So giving women the tools and the space to be able to say, I want this and I deserve this. Mm -hmm. boundaries need to be put in place and then from there create the safety for them to be able to have a bigger vision for their lives Mm -hmm. that's like that's revolutionary work like you say it like it's like we're just doing this and we have this sold out (laughs) event four times a year but like that is revolutionary and if like every woman could actually tap into like what she desires and actually believe that it's possible like it's just it like almost gives me chills how different the world could look if everyone could experience that. Yeah. So it's really beautiful work. It's fulfilling work. And just seeing also the need for community. Yeah. That women. 
mm-hmm. to feel like we're not alone mm-hmm. and be able to provide that because there's so much that we right. hold on to when we think that we're alone. But when we're able to connect with other women and like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Oh, girl, me too. Yeah. Me too. And that starts to dissolve the shame and that vulnerability is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's also- amazing once you actually open up how like it's always, oh, my God, I, f- I feel the same way. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only- like right. if you just if you go first and if you open the conversation, it's always shocking but like it shouldn't be at a certain point, but like everyone's, everyone's there with you. Yeah. And you know what? That's also a really key point to confidence Mm. to know that you're not alone. Right. I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not the first and I won't be the last, but I can trust how I show up. Mm -hmm. So huge. So I want you to like tell everyone where they can find more of your work, how they can come to one of your events. I'm sure they're feeling extremely activated. They're like, oh my God, I I need more of Audrey in my life. So (laughs) where do they go? How do they learn more from you? Tell us all the things. So they can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. It's at the Audrey Diaz on Instagram. Or they can go to the Dream Lab where we offer group coaching. Mm -hmm. And that's thedreamlab.info. And yeah, I'm pretty responsive to my messages. I love to connect. I love to help. I love to be able to help women create a bigger vision for their lives. Amazing. And y'all, Audrey gives so many good like pep talks and like mini motivational speeches and just like thought downloads on her Instagram. Like I I did not have to work very hard at all to like have so many ideas for this episode because I went to your page and I was like, oh my God, that's such a good point. Oh my God, that's so true. Wow. She's like so smart. And I just like started taking all these notes and I had to narrow down what I wanted to talk about because I felt like I had so many options of like, damn, Audrey, Audrey's like got it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, yeah. Continually showing up for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And doing the simple things every morning and taking the next step and taking brave action and all the That's things. The foundation. That's the foundation. Yeah. Amazing. Well, everyone, please send Audrey so much love and gratitude for her time and her wisdom and her stories that she's shared with us today. Audrey, thank you so much. I'm super grateful and I'm excited to stay connected. Thank you so much, Marie. 